0: For the Bang, I'm Alex Allen. Alongside me is beautiful Mr. Konstantinos, as per usual. And welcome to this episode on the Red Couch Podcast. In this episode, we're actually welcomed by 106.9 reporter that's working there for the summer, Manjot Singh. Hello, hello.
1: Hi, hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm good.
0: <laughs> well, we're bringing Manjot on today because Manjad is an international student from India. And over the past week or so, we've been notified about the recent flooding that's been happening over in the northern part of India. This is due to some of the heavy rainfall and a lot of the flooding that's been going on there has been actually sweeping away the houses, And I think it's been killing dozens there as well from the severe weather. And I think New Delhi actually even marked its wetest day in July in 40 years with six inches of rain falling. That was according to the World Meteorological Organization, which I can't believe what's going on. And Manjot, you actually have family over there right now. And uh, you've been trying to keep in touch with them of what's been going on.
1: so the area where my family lives is the most like affected area in my own whole city. So they were without electricity, they were without water, they were without, like, any communication with anyone from, like, for at least one week. So when even I was not able to contact them directly because Internet services were shut down, so I had to call my uncle that lived in, like, away from them, but then he went to my family and checked with them. So luckily they are safe now. Oh.
0: Yeah. That's good. I'm glad to hear that they are doing safe and whereabouts is it exactly that they are living?
1: So I live in Patiala city of Punjab province and my house is like in outskirts of the city but also it is nearby the river so whenever flood happens the first area to get affect is mine so we are literally like 500 meters away from the river so the river overflowed and it destroyed the whole area and my family lives on the upper unit so they were, sa- they were actually safe but the lower unit is completely damaged
0: so are they still living at home then?
1: yeah they are still at home now like electricity have been restarted but the water is not as good not drinkable right now so they have to purchase water bottles from outside yeah oh my gosh
0: and how did like was it just like a quick phone call that you were able to make over to them? Yeah.
1: In the beginning, it was like for three, four days. I was just, I wasn't able to connect to them directly. I was contacting them indirectly, but now that internet services are back, I'm able to do a little video call with them. Yeah. And conditions are bad, but now like they were going good, but yesterday it rained again, like a pretty bad rain. So the sewage is blocked and... It will require some time to get back to normal.
2: Wow! And right now, as well as of July nineteenth, they said the flood waters have reached uh, the walls of the Taj Mahal, and they've also uh, brought in crocodiles. The waters into residential into into residential areas, and um, over sixty-eight thousand uh, acres of farmland has been lost due to the floods. And, you know, in, in in Punjab as well, I heard that, uh, that uh, there has been over 36 casualties or something like
1: that. Yeah, and oh, uh, hi- like Punjab is mostly dependent on agriculture. And this was the of like, this was the season of planting. So everybody was done with the planting their crops, but now they have been damaged and damaged badly. So they'll have to remove them and plant them pretty again. That will be not only expensive. But will be also time consuming because we don't have we don't know like when will be conditions back to normal. So like I live with my sister, cousin sister at my home. Like they have like 50 acres of field and like almost everything is gone from there. Oh,
0: wow. I mean, officials from where I was reading, they said that it was. This was, like, the most, like, highest flood levels they've seen in 45 yeah. years?
1: Yeah, the last time something like this happened in my, con- my city was in 1993. And so it's exactly 30 years from oh, wow. from there to now. And the conditions were, like, pretty same in 1993 and 2023, and we were not prepared for it.
0: What was your parents' reaction to, to seeing all, yeah. all this?
1: They were like, my mother was sick, but like we tried, as we have like our house is a little higher on a higher altitude. So we tried to help our neighbors and like whatever we can do to help others along with also keeping ourselves safe. So they were hard, hard couple of weeks, but now everything is going back.
0: Yeah, it it must be quite tough because... Yeah, when something happens like that, oh my gosh, you, you got to have to think of everyone that's around you as yeah, well.
1: because like there was a kid who used to live like two houses away from us and the kid died because some insect bite him in the water and he died a couple of days ago. It was pretty hard, so we were just thinking what precautions can we take and until everything gets normal again because it will surely take time because like our neighbors' furniture is all gone. Their electrical appliance is all gone. They were literally floating in water. So it will take some time and a lot of money to recover. Uh, the government says they will help to the extent they can, but it's in the end. It's hard to expect anything from government. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It really is. My gosh. I can't believe something like this could actually happen.
1: And let me tell you a story. My city is cursed. That's what they say. They say like in 17th or 18th century, Baba Allah Singh was the first ruler of our city. He built a fort, but he didn't know the land was cursed. So he built the whole city around it, and the land was cursed that the city will destroy with water. So what they have to do is the only royal family, the royal, like the king and queen, Mostly, the queen of our city has to give a nath and chuda. That means a nose pin and a bangle to the river, so that the river doesn't overflows. The last time they had to do it was in 1993 floods, when they gave like they threw the nath and chuda on the in the river. And now they have to do it again. They had to do it. They did it last week, where they gave nath and just to pray to God that. Please stop this flood. It's a ritual, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but they do it when we have something like this. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's yeah. it's still great though, to, like for people to actually have something to to hold on to in yeah. in this sort of rough time, yeah. to to say like, hey, like even even these beliefs, like yeah. it could yeah. it could they, actually help. They
1: just give people some hope that maybe. Maybe the water levels get down.
2: Yeah. Wow. So being that you are far away from home and jot, how are you feeling about what's been going on right now?
1: I'm feeling pretty bad because like last till last year I was there and I have there were a couple of years in between where the chances of flooding were really close, but nothing happened. But this year it happened and it was pretty bad. I'm feeling bad about everyone, like I can imagine my friends used to live like in other colony and their colony is completely destroyed. Our area is destroyed. Some areas are safe in my city, but then you think about all the old people, all the people who had children and they are suffering without. And and the thing that I liked about my culture is when something like this happened, everybody gets together. They'll try their best to help each other. So there were people who were giving foods, they were using boats to distribute foods to homes. They were trying to make everyone as safe as they can. But ultimately it's nature and nobody can know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, a sense of community comes together and they, they band yeah. together to help each other out, which is a good feeling. It helps alleviate some of the pain that you can go through when yeah. you know either a natural disaster or any type of harsh situation comes in life. Yeah, It's good that you know everyone's there for each other.
1: Yeah, and that's the Punjabi community that I'm proud of. That we are there to help each other. Yes. No matter where, what race you belong, whatever you are, we are there. It's very good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, helping out is such a crucial piece for all of this right now, and even all the viewers and other people that are looking just to support. What what could be some ways right now that they could help? To support in these times
1: I think if you are from northern part of India you just call your family and just talk to them because it's the most important thing you can do right now I don't think they'll need anything right now but just try to talk and give them hope because they'll be happy at least my parents were happy when I, I talk to them because they are in a problem they may not show it to you but they are so just talk to them and make them assured that you are there to help in just in case they want anything.
0: Yeah. Just being there. It seems like that's the biggest piece yeah. for all this. Especially yeah. just from even just how hard times that they're going through right yeah. now. It's a big thing. Yeah. But I mean, we did bring you on this podcast <laughs> yeah. because we do want to actually bring some enlightening side to India because when we actually went back When we were first thinking about this podcast, we were actually talking about some of the traditional foods that India actually has to offer. So we're going to get into that whole side now, just bringing up some of the the foods. And I know, I think you actually brought a little bit of food. Yeah, I
1: have. (laughs) And they are like homemade sweets. So my friend's mother came yesterday from India and she bought like all these sweets. I can't wait to taste them. Uh, You want to try now? Yeah. All right.
0: What are, what are these?
1: These are called pedas and she made it with love and I just hope. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're good. Oh my gosh. Very sweet. That's India man. (laughs) (laughs) Sweets are meant to be sweet.
2: What would you say your favorite traditional Indian dish would have to be? There's so many to choose from from what I've seen.
1: So what's your favorite? Traditional one, it's hard to choose one. But if I have to choose one, I'll say Bangan Kabarta. That's that's a dish made from Brinjal or eggplant, as some people say. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing I have tasted. And it's kind of makes you feel royal. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many spices, so much flavor in that. It's just awesome.
2: Was it something that your mom probably made for you and your, I think you have a brother, right? Like, Is that something she made for you,
1: you know, growing up? Yeah, she did. Um, like when you are a child, you just don't want to eat vegetables, right? Yeah. You hate but veg- I was the same until I tasted that. I was The first time I tasted that, I was like eight or nine. And then I was suddenly in love with that. And my mother used to cook it like every 10 days for me now. And she cooks it to perfection. I got to
2: say, yeah, uh, I, I love Indian cuisine. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I went to a friend's house. Um, and for his birthday, his mother made an entire Indian spread with yeah. like different foods and whatnot. And I just, I was so deep into just, you know, eating what I was, I had on my plate that I was, forgot about who was or not. I mean, I was just so yeah. enamored with the flavor, just such rich food and stuff like
1: that. Right? Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Fact that, portuguese spanish and british came to india just to buy our spices can make you imagine how good indian food is like you can have some indian food here but ultimately the quality is not like that we have back there
2: it's just amazing no it's it's a different feel when it's actually from the country yeah it originates
1: from opposed to like you know people who bring it over here everything will be fresh there you'll be they'll be using traditional techniques to cook there which we cannot use here And then you will have the smoky texture, the taste. It's just awesome. Right. And then you mentioned spices as well as that, you know, it's like from
2: farm to table. You have the spices that probably were like a day ago in the fields, right? People picked them and then brought it to the restaurant to where it was added. Kind of like in Greece, like, you know, fish is out there swimming and then the next day it's
1: on a plate. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. It's like most of the spices, we actually make them at our home using a crusher. So... They're all fresh, tasty, and. But hey,
0: I mean, going back to mother's cooking, though, you can't go wrong with with mother's cooking. And they always make the best food. (laughs) Like,
1: I tried to cook it here, but ultimately I failed because I don't have the equipment that is required to cook it here. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, yeah
0: it's a different mentality. I know. Yeah, but hey, I lo- your mom would
1: love to actually see that you're trying. <laughs> yeah, showing that you can cook it yourself. Yeah. yeah, I cook some meals pretty good. Like, but then some I just suck at cooking. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I get that. It's a.
2: You know what? It's it's hard. It's like every time I cook, I just keep on thinking like it's high school chemistry. You gotta add all the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, work. yeah. It's you have pain. To,
1: like you have to follow. How you have to first chop the vegetables, then you have to boil or whatever you are making. You have to sort them. They're like, and then you have to fry them again. Then you have to mix the mixture that you made. It's a lengthy, but like, I sometimes make a joke about it that Indian cooking is funny because you cook for three hours just to finish eating in ten minutes, and then you have <laughs> to clean dishes for one hour more. And you're like giving four hours of your life just to eat for 10 minutes. But that's funny. Yeah. But and that's what I, what we love.
2: Yeah, I know. And, you know, also kind of reflecting back on the conversation that Alex, but we had, which was the entire, like, I guess, like the precursor to what made this idea for the podcast is, you know, all three of us, we come from different, you know, backgrounds that have unique dishes and whatnot, right? Alex, you come from a Scottish background and I'm Greek. Um, you know what are some like peculiar dishes that you have in India that might seem like oh like some people would be like oh wow that's an interesting combination of flavors or just even
1: you know so stuff like that. I would say Indian dishes will mostly be spicy mm. and as India is not like that much meat eating country we have a lot of options in vegetables or vegetarian I think you will find the dish of sag with. Mak- di roti, an interesting combination because it's purely vegan. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and it takes six hours to cook it. Oh my god. <laughs> and then you'll eat them with the chapati that will be made from corn flour. Oh, yeah. For- Not corn flour exactly, but something like that. And then you'll spread some butter on it with the glass of lassi. Oh. It's a crazy combination. Yeah. And it it's mostly made in my province so i just love eating them it's crazy and it's a seasonal vegetable so we just get to eat it six months in a year but whenever you can eat it just you'll love it i know greece
2: itself has a very vast cuisine like obviously it does contain feta as everyone might assume but there's also olive oil and different meats and whatnot but you know, the most peculiar dish I ever came across was the soup that we usually have around Easter time called Mayaritsa. And at first when you look at it, it looks like a like a normal soup. But when you find out what's inside, it's crazy. They use the entirety of like a lamb that we that everyone eats, right? And they it's it's it basically it's a soup that's comprised of the brains and like the intestines of a of a lamb. And I I just I had it once when I was twelve and I've never had it since then because the taste and what I found out was inside just like totally turned me off. It was not my favorite, you know, yeah. my favorite food that I had. But I, I'm, like, I'm like, after this, I was like, I'll stick the souvlaki in gyro. There's nothing else. So I won't try something like that
0: again. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Greek food just sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and some other things too is that, like the, the, we've had people come over here from Greece as well, and they've adopted and tried to introduce the food to, you know, Canadians to try it and whatnot. And one thing that people don't know is that like Greek salad, when you order at a restaurant, it comes with lettuce and stuff. It's not like that in Greece. The traditional version is called the Chorietiki salata, which is just comprised of anything you can find in your garden, mainly being, you know, like cucumbers, tomatoes. And all it is is simply that just cut up, put together in a bowl with a little olive oil, oregano, and feta, and that's it. It's as simple as that. It's not actually with lettuce inside.
0: <laughs> so, what? <laughs> yeah, it's. I've been bamboozled. <laughs> oh, yeah, everyone. So, what about Scottish food? Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get into the Scottish side. (laughs) I mean, they have some very interesting traditions, but I'm going, like, back a little bit more on it. Like, of course, they still eat all this type of stuff, but it's kind of gotten a little different now because... For some reason, they like to deep fry everything now over there. The little deep fried Mars bars, they'll deep fry everything. You can get like a whole platter of like just deep fried everything after like you're like probably out like drinking at the pub or whatever. There you can just get a whole like box full of just deep fried sausages, deep fried patties deep fried just deep fried everything so yeah i think that's why it, it makes sense why their lifespan there is only i think 50 plus years mm-hmm. so but they do have other good food though yeah. and i think it and like the really big big one that i thought was kind of cool to see um is here in north america if you go to like a baseball game or typically like a, a football game or any of those type of ga- games that you're going to a stu- like a stadium, uh, you'll get like a hot dog, right? Or or just a nice little drink. But in Scotland, you can get scotch pies. And scotch pies are like this little handheld sort of miniature pie that you can get and it's just a bunch of minced meat in it. And they'll heat it up and they'll hand it to you and you can just sit there and eat away. With a watching a football match, <laughs> it
2: gets, gets me curious because you know in India, popular sport there is this um, cricket. Is cricket. Yeah. What kind of foods would they would you typically see it in the stands at a, at a cricket game? Like what do they have? So there?
1: mostly they will have snacks and like bale puri, and there are like a lot of snacks, rice, rice waffles, or. To be honest, I never eat when I go to stadium. No. No. I don't like that stuff, but then I can just give you an idea. They'll sell their own snacks. Yeah. But speaking of like traditional Indian snacks and whatnot, what are some of your favorite
2: snacks you can only find in India? You can't probably get here in Canada.
1: Well, India, Canada has a lot of Indian population. So I have actually, I was surprised that how can I find it here? Really? Yeah, but they were here and some of them i would say is bunga marinda and so marinda is like rice puffed, but they stick together to make you remember the snack that gina brought in yeah, for yes, 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 yeah we have a same kind of that in india and it's a traditional snack and then we'll have we just eat peanuts as a snack we have special namkins. Like the sometimes you'll see me eating them in the media center. Yeah. And like I think Indian food is more on the main course side than being on the snack side. Right. But then we have a lot of street food option options. You cannot say them as a snack, but it's it's a different they're called street food. They have like tikki, the hippala. Um now they like a couple of years ago, a new thing came called Cham. It's made of soya bean and it's flamed on an oven. Oh, wow. And it's it's pretty good. It's just gained popularity like this. And then we have golga paste, like the crunchy balls where you put some water in them. and eat. And there are a lot of street foods, I would say. I wouldn't call them snacks, because sometimes they are, they can be your main course, or sometimes they'll they'll be just your appetizer.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. Even here, Canada, Greece, uh, with Scotland as well, you'd say that you find a lot of street vendors selling different all different types of food and whatnot. Um, well, like, what are some of like, what are some like of of your favorite uh, snacks you can only find in Scotland? We kind
0: of talked about this yesterday a little bit. In Scotland, and it, it's really just crisps. Oh, just like chips and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they call it crisp there. Oh. Chips chips mean fries, right? That makes sense. Yeah, over there. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense, because it's a chip off a potato. But yeah. I mean, there is a couple interesting. I mean, Scottish. I, I feel like hearing both of you you guys' backgrounds. It. it you guys have such unique dishes In comparison to to Scotland. Now thinking about everything, they just they just eat a bunch of meat. It's yeah. all just meat. But I do have two that I want you guys to guess a little bit, because they're interesting, and they're very misleading from the name. Really. So the first one uh, I'm gonna get you guys to guess is black pudding.
2: Black pudding, like what? Isn't black pudding. I remember hearing about it isn't like, it has to do with like
0: pardon the like pig's blood or something like that um so s- close um it, it's it's up there with the, the interesting styles of haggis like haggis is in uh oh what is it is it, is it i think it's a sheep intestine and then all of the like the food gets mixed into that and then They'll tie it up and then you're cooking it from that. But this one, though, it is like a sausage sort of made form, but it's made with pork or beef blood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then they'll use pork fat as well. And then they'll sort of mince it all up. And then they'll use a type of cereal. (laughs) Typically, it's like oatmeal and they'll mix it with it. And then you'll have it for like a breakfast.
2: That's interesting. You imagine mixing with cornflakes or Lucky Charms or something like that. I don't know. I don't think they do that. (laughs) I don't think that type of cereal. (laughs) That's funny.
0: That would be quite interesting. But, yeah, I remember actually trying it when I was over there in Scotland. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then they explained to me afterwards of what was in it. And I'm like, oh, so it's just a bunch of pork and beef blood. (laughs) Nice.
2: Yeah. Tasty. Well, like here in Canada, we don't have a lot of traditional snacks that, are, like, from Greece that are readily available. But like, we are able to go to like these bakeries and they do sell like some stuff. And I remember I had what they call it was like it's almost like a Greek coffee crisp. It's called sokofreta. It was really good. But like after you, you finish it, it, you don't realize it's so that's how good it is. You just don't realize you finish it in such in like three bites. It's really good. And then we also have oregano flavored like lace chips, which you can only can get over there in Greece. You can't get them anywhere else. <laughs>
1: gotta try these
0: yeah Yeah. for real
1: like in india we don't have beef like in most of the indian country they don't have beef so i was quite amazing seeing the mcdonald's menu here oh yeah it's different (laughs) because you can can you imagine we have potato patties over there (laughs) in MacD. yeah and they're good i'm not gonna lie they are good but then i was like They should have at least one of them here for their Indian customers, please. I know. (laughs) Just so you guys try it. Yeah, because we are used to that stuff because most of us are vegetarians and we are used to being that. I am not vegetarian. Right. So I eat everything, but most of us are. And sometimes I just feel Canada should have more options for vegans. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But speaking of that you did bring up that we are in Canada, what are some Canadian dishes that you might like yourself that you've seen or tried?
1: Um, I haven't tried a lot. I tried a steak last week. I love that. Huh. I don't know whether it's Canadian or no.
2: I mean, it's pretty, like, it's typically eaten here a lot of the time. Yeah. So I guess you could kind of classify it like that. But Alex, Alex had something for you to, to ask oh, you.
0: for me, it's. Gotta be the poutine. Have you tried oh, the poutine? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> I love that. You love it? Yeah, I, That's your I honest actually opinion? liked it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and oh, I am surprised. Like I was, I should not like it, but I like it. I like the one that I make on my own restaurant. They have a like crazy gravy. The gravy tastes good, so the poutine tastes good. Though.
0: So I always feel like it's mixed emotions in between for people with hearing poutine. So, I don't know.
1: I liked it, to be honest. Yeah. I I barely ate fries in India. <laughs> and here, it's with everything. Yeah. So I was so done with fries that I ordered poutine and I got a fries in it again. Yeah. But the gravy made it taste good. That's the best part about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. All right.
2: constant. Poutine? Uh, you know what? It depends. Yeah, sometimes. I think if it's like really like homemade cut fries, like, yeah, I'll go for My dad usually makes because he's from Quebec,
0: so. No. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, I think, only almost Canadian traditional thing for food. If you want to s- state to that's Canadian, I don't know. Yeah. but Anyway, thank you, man, John
1: coming on yeah thank you alex thank you Constantinos. thank you thank you
0: thank you for listening to another episode on the red couch podcast i was your host alex allen alongside constantinos and you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get our podcast and you can watch full episodes on our youtube channel and subscribe to our newsletter and keep up with all things fanshaw for the intero bang i'm alex allen
2: we'll see you next time